Hey everyone, thank you, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Everything in Me. It's your host, Sam. I am back after a hiatus. Um, again, you know, you guys, I have been studying and trying to just complete one of my all time goals of getting my master's degree. And I completed three courses, and so I'm on my last and final course. Um, and I can thank no one else but God because it definitely put me through the ringer trying to, you know, study, you know, get into the groove of things. Um, it's been very challenging, very overwhelming. Um, <laughs> listen, in the midst of that, I failed one of my courses again. This is a class that really has kicked my butt since day one. And I've had this course for a year. So this is my second term taking this course. And I was, I'm down to the wire now where I have to complete this course and so I failed it. And then that just set back so many different things into my mind. But I overcame that by passing it a week later, really doing the work and absorbing myself and looking at it in a different light where it did not take the power from me. And so the theme of hitting rock bottom has really, really, really affected me. And it's actually really been in the back of my mind. And so when I was thinking of a topic of this you know, this episode that just felt so natural. It felt so like, right. Like I had to do it on this. Um, I want to talk about it because I feel like people who, um, have ever come across me or is aware, is aware of, you know, my, the things that I've been able to achieve or the things that I've been involved in, they get this perception that I have such a great life or not to say that I'm like on yachts and stuff, but like to the point where I don't have any failures and I don't have any moments in which I do hit rock bottom. And that is farthest from the truth. And so this episode, I'm going to talk about my rock bottoms and talk about the things that have really shaped me and, you know, completely slapped me in the face and how appreciative and thankful I am for them and how I do live with no regrets. Because of them, I was able to change direction or, you know, see things that I didn't see before. And they all range. So, you know, you're going to hit multiple <laughs> rock bottoms because there's been times that I've hit a rock bottom, bottom and I'm like, is this really rock bottom? Or like, is there another one? Like, I'm a little confused. Like, I feel like this could be it. And then it gets worse and you're like, oh, maybe that wasn't it. This is really it. And then it's like something else. And you're like, okay, hold up. I'm not understanding. Let me know when I hit rock bottom. Cause at this point I'm just completely lost. You know, I'm just going for the ride. So, you know, it's been very interesting. I think the first um, time that I can recall hitting quote unquote rock bottom um, was when I started to deal with depression. And at the time I wouldn't have called it depression. I definitely would have called it um, just feeling hurt, feeling hurt about how people perceived me and how people looked at me. And I can remember this actually from um, um, from elementary school. There was a day that um, I don't know what happened. Something happened. And basically the entire class that I was a part of did not like me. And like, just like this. And you know, in that age, it's like, it goes with the wind. So today we don't like this person tomorrow. We don't like this person tomorrow. The teacher is off in school and that's the coolest thing ever. But I remember everyone like threatening me, upset with me because I said something or I did something. And it completely made me feel like shattered me. Like, oh my goodness, what did I do so wrong that I could be, I never liked to be the bad guy, especially at that age. I was like, listen, I'm not a fan of being you know, the bad guy for this reason. 
if I'm standing up for what I believe in, if I'm going against the grain because I, I feel like in my heart of heart it's right, I'm okay with it. But if I genuinely do something that I didn't know that was wrong or, you know, off the beaten path, then yeah, I'm going to feel like attacked. And I certainly do. And I vividly remember like walking backwards and the class walking towards me and just trying to talk it out and figure out like what happened? Like, why are we here? Like, why is everybody about to attack me? Where is the teacher? Um, And so at that time, it really made me self-conscious. And I think that's where a part of me came into somewhat of a people pleaser, where I'd like to be very neutral. I like to just make sure that I'm cool with a little bit of everybody. You know, I don't have, I don't really pick complete favorites, um, but it also made me a lot tougher. My skin was a lot harder, you know, um, a lot more challenged, you know, when it came to making friends or getting close to people, because I just was really intimidated by people and how they could just switch on you. You know, that, that really triggered me definitely for sure. Um, Another instance in which I hit quote unquote rock bottom was when I was in middle school and I had puberty hit me like no other. And I completely gained a bag of weight. So, you know, being 11, 12, 13 and wearing the same size clothes as my mom and my sister-in-law was just like, it just to me was like, oh, cool. But in reality it was like, oh no, that's really not cool because um, you know, people are looking at you, especially guys at that time, because, you know, you're interested in guys, you're, you're curious about them and you're engaging in situations where you're, you know, talking to them and stuff like that and learning those type of relationships. I mean, nowadays it's a lot sooner than what it was for me, but, you know, to know that they view you in a, in a light where you're put in this box because you're overweight, you could never be like the top of the top. You could never be my ideal girl. And I think that may um, actually be a part of some some of the issues that I experienced in my early relationships where it was like I needed to validate them over and over again. I needed to test them. I needed to make sure that the, the guys that I was dating or talking to genuinely liked me. And it wasn't like, oh, I couldn't get the girl I really wanted, so I'm going to talk to Sam. Or, oh, you know... Hey, she's cute in the face, but you know, I really wouldn't want to talk to her outside of that. So a lot of it, I really recall my early dating years where I would just question and be like, you know, why do you like me? And what, what do you see in me? That's so great. And why do you think this of me? You know, I would really, really go into that. And I remember one of my first relationships where he would be like, are we going to do 21 questions? Don't get me wrong. I still do it to this day because I'm a very analytical person. I like to, you know, dive in and ask questions, but it's not as bad as it was where it was, I'm searching for you to give me the answers to make me feel comfortable and make me feel like you genuinely um, want to be with me or interested in me. And it's not just this, this kind of, you know, um, this kind of thing that you throw on because you had no other choice you know, you genuinely want to be here. And I just remember being uncomfortable, being very conscious of my body. And again, I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially at that age, you're completely like thrown into your body that you're not ready for. You don't understand it. You don't know what it's capable of. You don't know how powerful it is. Personally, when it came to my relationship with my mom, um, she wasn't, (laughs) listen, Um, I've talked about my mom obviously in the past before. And for those of you who do not know my mom, um, she 
is a very powerful woman. And when it came to body image, she's been very thin. She's always been thin her entire life. She's never had to worry about excess weight gain. Um, my sister, on the other hand, did struggle with her weight, but she didn't necessarily have the right capacity to give me the strength that I needed to be comfortable in my weight, be, you know, feel secure in my weight and understand that this was a process and, and, you know, a phase maybe in my life and things like that. So I really struggled with identifying who I was and being comfortable with myself. And a lot of times I had a friend, um, which is still one of my closest friends, um, who we dressed like sisters and we were really, really like yin and yang. And when we started to separate, because We've known each other since we were in sixth grade. We had like five out of six classes together. When we started to separate and like weight in size, because that's happened obviously a couple times through our lifetime, um, it started to really make me feel more of an island. I recall one time wearing a skirt and being called to the principal's office because it was too short. And there was a rule like, you know, the middle finger rule. But there were other girls who were, you know, of other color. And let's not even get into that because this conversation is not about that, but in general of other colors or other shapes and sizes that were able to, um, were able to pull off that look and didn't get noticed, but because it fit me snug and because it fit me in a way that seemed to be provocative because of the shape of my body, it really made me a target. So hence the baggy jeans, hence the the baggy um, overalls, you know, you start to cover yourself. And I know a lot of women especially can identify with this and even men um, identify with this kind of tactic, if you want to call it, where you start to wear oversized things. Now, another thing to note is that um, in the urban culture, urban wear, that was also a trend that at that time it was also a trend. It was also something that was glorified that you had clothes that were multiple sizes bigger than you. So you'll notice like in my yearbooks, girls were wearing baggy t-shirts and baggy clothes as well too. So, and that's not to say that they weren't feminists or they weren't feminine in general. Um, it was just a style, but that really helped me feel comfortable with myself where I would start seeking these things out. And the feelings that that though you know that brought to be a size nine, and now I'm 30 years old and I'm a size eight, where my body just kind of exploded, and no one really knew what to do with it, you know, or how to handle it. It it really really bothered me because I felt out of place. I felt like I didn't belong. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm still hesitant about, but you know, in that experience, I definitely learned a lot about myself, and it. I hate to say it, but I actually wish that I, you know, experienced it a little bit earlier in my life as far as adolescence go, because I would have, I think it would have made me a lot more active, you know, now in my adulthood, because it made me a lot less active. And I don't know exactly why, but I'm definitely not a runner. I'm definitely not a person who wants to do those things, but I do try a lot more, a lot harder now that I'm older, because obviously you got to get active in order to change your lifestyle. Um, I recall in ninth grade when I started to learn about the health benefits of choosing the foods that you eat wisely and pairing them with substitutions and just really being conscious of your food consumption, how like monumental that was for me. I was in physical education for the summer going into 
um, high school. And I, I attribute that to how I lost all the weight because I was way over my suggested weight. And in school, you know, it's a little bit different because they know hormones are going, things are going on. So of course it's not going to, you know, no average teenager is going to have the ideal body, but I definitely envied those girls who did, honey. The, the, listen, crop tops were the business boo. And there was no way Sam was wearing a crop top. I wasn't that girl who was like, I'm going to just play dumb and act like I could just wear this. Like I was very, you know, conscious that my body type was not it, boo. I don't know if it was because I didn't necessarily see or idolize any other women who were my size or like my size, but definitely wasn't it, boo. I just, I didn't feel comfortable. It was, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Anyways, so another, um, you know, rock bottom for me was when, now you guys may be laughing because there's, like I said, there's different types of rock bottoms here, guys. I'm not talking about, you know, adult rock bottoms. I'm just talking about kid rock bottoms right now because I think it's important to recognize how those rock bottoms can trigger or affect your adult rock bottoms. It'll make sense in the end. So just, just stick with me, work with me, stick with me. We're here for the ride here. So another rock bottom that I can kind of extract from my brain right now is when, um, is when my mom forgot my birthday. She forgot my birthday. She didn't celebrate my birthday. And, you know, when you have siblings and another sibling is treated drastically differently than you, um, those things tend to bother you in different ways. My brother and I were attempt, always attempted to be treated fairly sim- the same. Um, but our, obviously our personalities are completely different. How we handle things, how we digest things, how we deal with things are completely different. We are literally like opposites, um, you know. And so I think that was another thing too, watching him and seeing how his choices led him to um, a lot of pain and a lot of confusion, a lot of frustration and anger. It really altered the way that I decided to choose things. I'm the type of person that if you tell me once that this is going to happen, I'm going to believe you. I may question you a couple times because that's in my nature, but I'm going to believe you because ultimately I don't want to feel. I'd rather listen than feel. Um, but, you know, when she just didn't acknowledge it, at the time, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say that I was big on birthdays. Like I've never really been a person like, it's my birthday. Oh my gosh. Why don't you acknowledge my birthday? It's more of the thought that at least give me that, at least give me a little bit of acknowledgement comparative to him or comparative to others. Um, That definitely rubbed me really wrong. And I remember calling my brother and just venting to him about it and, you know, going into detail of just how it made me feel and just feeling forgotten, feeling like I didn't matter. And, you know, way my household was... um, my mom has four kids and my sister, my older brother, my older sister, and I share about an 18 to 20 year gap. So after 18 years, my mom had me and my younger brother. I'm 30, my mom's 70. So there's a 40 year difference. Um, and so I want everyone to kind of understand there's, there's a different, obviously, um, experience that you're going to have as a woman you know, at those different ages and in life in period. So I felt like I got a lot of the scraps when it came to my mom, but 
um, in talking with my sister, siblings, my older siblings, I find that that's not really it. It's just who she is as a person and it's not personal. It's just, this is what it is. So with that being said, I kind of had to lay off, you know, a lot of the attacking that I have to say that some of them do, um, towards her because I've come to terms with who she is. So when I describe what happened and how she relates to it, it's really just saying this is the cause or the root of it all, but that's not going to stop me. Um, another one that happened in high school that I recall was one of my first real relationships where I was in love and I thought this was going to be forever. And we were going through so many different things as far as our parents being involved, not liking one another, um, us just trying to make it work, you know, going to two different schools, so much going on with that. And it just, it fell apart and he broke up with me and it completely broke my heart because it threw me for a loop where I was like, whoa. So when you go through that first like real breakup, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like I remember listening to Keisha Cole album over and over again you know, and just feeling like crying and just not myself and, you know, trying to reason with him and understand like, why are we here? Why would you leave me X, Y, and Z? And, you know, it just, it was mind boggling to me, to be honest with you. Like, I just couldn't understand. Like, I didn't agree with it. We ended up getting back together down the line, but it didn't work out. Um, But that definitely, that experience with love was uh, you know, it, it shook me, it woke me up in that regard. And it made me a lot more, um, I think a lot more hesitant with loving someone. So when you are in a relationship, you know, a lot of people will say like the man should love you more than you love him. And (laughs) I hate to say it, but a lot of my relationships have been that way where I've always tried to keep the upper hand because I never want to go down that way. Now that's not to say that I haven't let my guard down and I haven't embraced a relationship and rode that roller coaster like no other. Cause we all have them. And I have, have one where I've completely just like no handlebars, you know, take me on this journey. Um, and it's been very, very interesting because of it. Um, it's the only one of its kind, but you know, in that experience, it really just shakes you up and, and just, throws you for a loop because that's how you start to redefine or understand love and recognize love. And my parents weren't um, married and they were very rocky and it was very complicated. And there was a lot of animosity and things done to one another where there was a lack of communication, there was lack of fidelity. Um, there was just a lack of, you know, true love to begin with. And so I didn't have that example growing up, but obviously the media tells you and shows you X, Y, and Z. So I will say some of my, how I show love is through the ways that I learned through external sources outside of my home unit, my family unit. And I've adopted a lot of things that have gone on that sometimes are not realistic, um, are based on a perfectionist kind of mindset. And I struggle with that because I tend to want to be a perfectionist. And so it's been very challenging, but that rock bottom showed me, you know, maybe I can't necessarily depend on someone in that light anymore and just really rethink that whole experience and maybe enjoy being single, being young, you know, having access to a car where I can just get up and go and enjoy myself and figure stuff out. 
So I definitely did that. Um, another rock bottom that happened in 2012. So I graduated in 2008. And then in 2012 um, was when I was laid off, which was pretty interesting because I graduated at the peak of the market crash and everything, economy just going to. Um, but I didn't feel any effects until 2012. And um, it was pretty interesting because it was the first time that I had been laid off from a job. I've been fired from a job. I've um, quit jobs. You know, I've been there, done that, but I've never been laid off until that time. And it was interesting because I left my, I left my employer for this job and I didn't have to, I was under a lot of scrutiny with this employer. Um, and it really, really like threw me off because I was like searching for other opportunities. So I took this opportunity. It sounded great a better title, more pay close to home. Like what else could you ask for? Like, come on, like I'm cutting an hour commute to 15 minutes and I'm making thousands more and I'm in a better position. Like I'm not mad at that. So of course I took it. Now I'm there at the job and nothing is adding up. Nothing is matching. Nothing's making sense. I'm having a really hard time acclimating. And I'm like, I don't understand because I've been, I've done, I worked at several places. I've been working since I was 16, 17. And I never had an issue with working. I actually wanted to work. I was always the type, I need my own money. I need my own coins. I need to worry about my own funds. I very independent, always wanted to be independent. I wanted to move out as soon as I could. Like I've always been like, let me get out of here. Um, so when I got laid off, this one was a real big one because this one definitely set off a lot of triggers and a lot of bells that I didn't know existed. Now, remember when I said, these are some of the early, um, the early like drop bottoms that I can recall. I guarantee you there's a lot more. Um, I'm just not, it's just not coming to mind right now, but you name it. I've had it. I've had my car stolen from me twice, broken into once, um, obviously broken up with, I've had, um, at, at, up until that point, I've had, um, you know, issues with my mom where we didn't see eye to eye, you know, it's just ugly in that sense. Um, what else? I just so much going on. I definitely had a lot going on in that sense. My relationship at the time was very rocky, very like crazy. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot for me to handle my friendships Oh my goodness. That's, that's what really showed me who my real friends were. When you get laid off, you're going to know your real friends. Okay. Um, so it was a very monumental time for me. So I get laid off and this is how I know I'm a survivor and I'm very, very, I'm, I'm going to figure it out at the end of the day. I get laid off and they tell me, okay, Hey, you're laid off. I immediately start crying. Cause I'm like, I literally told them, this wasn't even two months into my three month, you know, probationary period. And I tell them like, I literally left a stable job for you guys. And this, this location or this place was, I wouldn't say up and coming. They were in the process of accreditation. And what that means is essentially when a vocation, vocational school starts to try to become a college, they're trying to basically, you know, meet all the standards required. 
And so they were still in this stage of trying to navigate things. And, you know, I knew they weren't where they needed to be and where I'd come from was a longstanding, you know, university. So I didn't have those, those problems that you do when you have like a mom and pop, but anyways, um, they were aware and they were like, listen, there's no need for the role anymore. And we have to go in a different direction and blah, 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 blah. So I'm kind of there in a daze because I'm just like, I cannot believe I changed my entire life. And here I go, like thinking I'm coming to the, the, you know, the promised land and this is not the promised land. This is, you know, um, Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. So anyways, to all this, and then they're like, well, there's another position open and it's with the owner and he's looking for an assistant. Would you like to, you know, interview? And he's here. So I'm like, sure. Snot nose crying. I go, I gather myself. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is a joke because there's no way that I can get this job in this condition. I do it anyways. I push myself anyways, because again, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm putting my best foot forward and I'm going to do everything that I can, like this little fighter in me. So, um, I do that. Of course it goes nowhere. I don't hear from them ever again, but I tell my sister, I apply for unemployment. I apply for a couple jobs and I literally just go into a complete whoosh like depression. So this is the, I think personally the most monumental time for me because I was, um, I had just bought my first car and, you know, everything revolved around this car. I, you know, my credit needed to be there in order to keep the car. And I had a couple credit cards and I was really in this beginning stages of trying to fix my credit, navigate my credit and understand my credit. That's when my credit went to shit because I started to live it off my credit. Now, thankfully I was at my mom, so I didn't necessarily have, um, a rent over my head or utilities and things of that nature. But I never wanted to make a obvious or a monumental footstep because my mom has never been able to make, you know, the ideal salary being that she came from Jamaica and not really having any kind of formal background in any training of, of sorts. So, you know, with that being said, I was very living, living like on pins and needles, you know, every second. I mean, I took jobs that were, or look, you know, even took interviews rather that were like two hours away from my home. I was to the point where I was desperate. I remember applying to two insurance companies where I would go and sell like life insurance and have to go to people's houses. And I was just completely in a space of just being desperate. And I think if I had had obviously some sort of guidance and true like, pep talk through that experience, it would have changed a lot of things, but I don't regret it because I had to break. I had to completely be smacked in the face, stomped, if you will, in order to recognize how valuable I am and how capable I am of rebuilding myself. So I got an employment. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm not in school, not in school, honey, Um, because I left that dream a second ago because I started working full time at this, this job and 
I didn't want to do eight hours plus another six, seven hours in school. And so I dropped out of school, you know, to pursue being in the corporate world, getting my professional, you know, experience in because I had heard all these people graduating and not getting jobs. And it was strictly because they didn't have the experience. So my theory was, let me get the experience and I can always go back to school. So now that I'm laid off from the only schooling that I have, um, I mean, sorry, laid off from the only corporate experience I have, I'm even more like, what do I do? What am I good for? So I'm laid off and I'm looking for jobs and, you know, you get to this point where it's like, okay, all right, I'm laid off for a little bit. You know, I'll figure it out. I'll be okay. Then you get into like the desperate phase and then you get into like the depression phase. And, you know, people in my family talk about depression. They're like, oh, I was depressed, but they don't necessarily go into the relatability or even just the severity of what depression can do to you for like a long term, you know, a long period, or they don't really have a solution for you. They don't really have a suggestion or a way to uplift you through the process. And so that was very disheartening because I, again, if I had the right support system in that time period, I know I would be a different person, but Hey, it it made me a stronger person because of it. So I'm laid off. I'm not in school. I'm in a shitty relationship. (laughs) Everything. So I'm thinking, Oh, this is it. This is for sure. My rock bottom boo. Like this is it. This is what life is talking about when it says rock bottom. So I'm getting little gigs here and there to kind of compensate and help me through the process. And I'm watching TV at home because, you know, you do a lot of that. And at the time we didn't have, you know, we had basic cable. So those commercials come on, the Everest commercial, you know, all the school commercials, including my former employer, uh, which who had just laid me off. And um, they actually were promoting a degree program of which I was filmed in that commercial. So (laughs) I'm basically seeing myself every single day promoting this establishment, knowing that I'm laid off and people on the screen don't know that that girl in that is laid off, boo. She don't even, she don't even work anymore. They let her go. And I'm just like, wow, thanks. But in that same breath, that's how I found out about a fully online degree program. And so with SNHU, I called the lady and I told them like, this is my situation. And she's like, shoot your shot with financial aid. Then we can talk about kind of your options and where you want to go and what you want to do. And that was like the beginning stages of my momentum because I needed that. I needed that boost. I got laid off September 19th, 2012. My birthday is the 17th. So I'll never forget. Um, but I didn't actually start school until March of the following year. But, you know, it took me a while, obviously, through all those stages to do that. And with that feeling like, okay, thankfully, I can at least be in school. Then I just started, you know, applying like I usually did and networking like I like I needed to be doing. And I found a job and I started a new job February 1. I started school February 1, you know, of the following year as well, too. And so I was able to kind of get the ball rolling. little did I know life was going to hit me again. And I don't want to let go of this moment of 2012 and just how much that meant for me. Cause it, it put me in a lot of, gave me a lot of alone time. 
because, you know, no one was in the house a lot of the time. People were working or people were busy doing stuff. I missed out on a lot of things. I didn't participate in a lot of things. You know, it really, really changed how I looked at people, how I looked at myself. And this is when I started to experience these fear dreams. So these dreams um, are when you start to just think about death. You know, people with anxiety understand this. At night, when you are living in a world of complete uncertainty, the darkness brings on all those negative thoughts, baby. Every single thing you're thinking about. Sometimes I'm a visual person, so I can visualize certain things. You have those dreams of falling, those dreams you're getting killed, somebody else is getting killed. You just completely are just like, thrown to the wolves in emotion and they're all negative and they're all bad. And then you have to wake up and act like everything's going to be okay. And everything's going to be fine. And you're just completely thrown for a, a loop. You're like, what am I? What? So all this is going on. You don't really know how to explain it. You don't really know why and you obviously you're trying to just not deal with it. So after I get this job and I, you know, go to school I'm still trying to figure out my relationship, get through that. Um, I move out into this new place. It should be exciting. It should be fun. I can't afford it. (laughs) Can't afford it for the life of me. Not to mention my credit card bills are through the roof. I'm past due. I'm overdue because I didn't have enough income to cover my car and my credit card bills. Um, And so my balances are super high, if not exceeded. Um, So when you get a new job, everyone knows those first couple payments are really just to pay back or to keep you alive. Because I'm starting a new job, I got to buy different clothing, new clothing, keep myself together as far as food, you know, take care of certain things that I forgot to take care of or I couldn't take care of. So it's a lot of adjustment. And then I move into a new place. So that was a double, another, well, triple whammy, whatever you want to call it at this point. I don't even know how many whammies there is. So I'm like, you know, kind of freaking out. (laughs) Obviously down the line, the place did not work out. So that had to, you know, had to let that go. The relationship also did not work out. Um, And so there was just a lot of like let going process that I have to, had to go through. Now, as I started to progress in this job and, you know, understand my role and things like that, there was a lot of success and a lot of great things that, you know, have made me who I am today. And I'm very, very appreciative of this. I finished my degree, did my undergrad, you know, so that was exciting. Um, but as I started to get help, like mental help, because I've always been curious about it, but I didn't have access to funds to be able to take care of it. And once I was able to do that, that's when I was basically told that, for instance, those dreams that I would experience or that feeling, especially at nighttime, was my fear of failing. My fear of not being able to, you know, meet the demands that I gave myself or the society gave myself or the things that I cannot control. And that was, I mean, astounding to me because nobody likes to go to sleep thinking about death every single night. That's not a quality sleep. And anyone who knows me knows that I love my sleep. And to start my sleep off with thinking about death mm, does not feel good. Does not feel like it's going to be a good night, okay? Um, and I can laugh about it now because obviously I've done the work and I'm it's still a work in progress, but I have the tools necessary to help me 
you know, navigate through those experiences and now reassociate my, you know, shortcomings with different, you know, words and experiences and emotions, um, looking at my L's as learning experiences versus losses. There's just different things that I've done to play out the idea that just because I'm unable to do certain things doesn't necessarily mean that I'm never going to be able to do it or that it has to consume me. You know, that's why when I spoke of the um, class, which had been kicking my butt and, you know, made me second guess my ability to take in any more (laughs) um, information, really, um, that could have easily triggered me. That could have easily put me down and put me back in that same mindset. But I hold the responsibility to fight against that. And for those of you who are struggling with depression, who are dealing with it right now or have done in the past, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you do the research behind finding someone that you can trust, that you can work with, and taking a chance on yourself to help yourself so that way you don't have to struggle and you don't have to experience those things um, in that same way. Um, And for those of you who have depression right now, kudos to you for even listening this far, listening to me, taking the chance on yourself to be able to you know, deal with your triggers if there are any, um, take medication if necessary, and navigate through life because it is a hell of a ride and we all don't have the same seat in the same view. Um, but, you know, in that rock bottom or that very rocky, rocky stage, it set the tone, it set the bar for how hard I'm going to work what I'm going to do. I mean, I've had those experiences too when it comes to social media. So I used to post, you know, my relationships completely on social media because I felt like obviously that was the wave. Um, and I retracted from that because I felt like that timeline and that experience is so personal, but also it changes so much. I can't like explain myself to, you know, my followers or my network that, Hey guys, actually we're pissed or actually we're separated or actually we're so in love right now. We're the best time of our lives and we don't know what to do with ourselves. Like we're taking risks here. Like I just didn't think that was like my best move for myself. So I just completely, you know, redesigned myself when it came to social media and I'm still in the process of rebranding myself now. But the rock bottoms that I experienced after that, I don't think felt the same because that was the shift the turn, the move that I needed to make in order to wake up, in order to understand that I can either sink or swim and I'm going to swim. Granted, I still get rock bottoms. Um, Another one that I can think of is in my attempt to get my master's. So right after I finished my bachelor's, reluctantly, I went in to do my master's and I actually recorded a YouTube video on this. And I talked about how I failed and, um, I was taking my, was I taking this exam? No. Um, I was actually taking courses for my master's with the same school as my bachelor's. And there was this math course, one math course in the entire degree program. I do not do well at math. I've tried. I can do basic math. I can do my bills real good. I can figure that out. But when you start talking about, you know, statistics and computations and 
functions and all these sort of things, that just, it just throws me off. I'm a right brain thinker, hands down. So I was really trying to avoid it. So what I had suggested to them is that if I could take this course first, it would define and let me know if I could carry on because I knew I could figure out everything else. So I took it and I failed. I did everything in my power. I got a tutor. I had one of my students help me and navigate the whole thing. Um, and I still failed. I mean, I put in my best foot forward. I got Chegg and I was, you know, researching stuff and I was really trying to adapt to the content. No, no. And I took the course twice and failed it twice. Once by the last time by a hair, but either way didn't pass. Um, so that was a setback because I had to adjust and actually ask myself, do I still want to do this? Do I still want to, am I doing it for the right reasons? So many different things goes through your mind. Am I capable of this? Is there anything else that I would want to pursue a degree in? You know, do I have the time? Do I still want to be in school? You know, so many different things. I just go, you know, just goes to your brain, but I persevered and I'm here now with my, my second school, um, WGU and I'm on my last course. So, you know, there's so many different things that come in between that. Cause another one that I can even think of too, now that it's coming back to me, um, don't know why I didn't think of this before, but in the time that I had start 2013, when I had started my most recent job, um, I was kicked out of my house the week of my birthday. Um, and it was due to an altercation that my brother and I had gotten into. And I think this is one of the, the moments in my life where I needed that kick in the ass, if that makes any sense. Because again, I talked to you about wanting to move out for the longest. Now I had saved up. I had tried to make it work. I had looked at places. I had thought about moving out with other friends. And I was like, why isn't this door not opening up for me? And it's so weird because I have been doing this for years at this point. Um, anywho, so this was about seven, almost seven years ago, um, six and a half, about six and a half years ago. And, um, you know, I am have, going back and forth with my brother. Now, everyone, again, anyone who knows my brother and I, we're oil and water, mentioned this before. We were going back and forth, you know, not agreeing on something or he would just bother me really. And he, I was really doing my very best to avoid him walking throughout the house, really trying to just not accept the energy he was trying to give me. And he has a vendetta against me and everyone knows this. And you know, I'll go into it in, in another episode, but anyways, ends up getting an altercation where he pushes me. <clears throat> I strike back. Um, and it turns into this whirlwind of experience where we start to go through the courts and, you know, my mom basically chooses her side, which obviously wasn't mine and says to me, you got to get out the house. There's a stairway order. Um, against you guys. And I'm choosing to take him in and not you because you're going to be able to figure it out and he's not. So funny thing is, I didn't know how to figure it out. (laughs) Obviously now I can say yes, I did. But at the time I did not. I actually slept on a floor for six months. And someone, a a friend of the family, it's like my aunt, one of my dream team, um, in in her office. And it was such a out of body experience because you're rejected or what seems to seem like you're rejected by your mother, outcasted, 
um, you know, not acknowledged about your feelings, what you're going through, treated so very differently than, you know, the person who initiated in, you know, just completely rubs everything in. It just completely like throws you for a whirlwind, you know, um, and makes you look differently, you know, with people. And you go through that. And then my body started to change. I started to lose weight drastically because I'm obviously depressed and um, not eating right because her and I's eating habits were completely different. She has lupus and she's very health oriented. I wasn't, you know, completely health oriented. Things that I considered healthy, she was like, eh, no, if it's not organic, if it's not straight from the ground, that's not it. You know, meats that I chose to eat was not good enough. She doesn't eat meat. So it was, it was very stressful, high stress for me. Also trying to live my life, find some sort of happiness. I ended up, um, ended up moving out with a friend of mine's and taking a chance on that relationship, which proved to be another whirlwind of experience, but she's like my sister now. And, um, you know, it, it really shook me up and changed everything and how I move and how I do certain things because I endured that uncomfortableness. I sat with it. I could see it, honey. I, I had a book bag, not even a book bag, a, a little duffel bag of like two, three, you know, um, days of worth of clothes with me. I could not go back to my house. Um, I asked my best friend at the time to please lend me some of her clothes so I could be able to go to work because I knew I needed the money like to pay for my car and just live and figure out what I was going to do. You know, I talked about my car being stolen again. That happened in a very, you know, bad time because that actually happened too. this. I think I believe, I believe it was 2012 as well too. Either 2012 or 2011, but I'm leaning towards 2012, where it was stolen from my workplace. You know, so it was just a string of what some people say bad luck. Me, I call it rock bottom because I needed to shift. I needed to change, and I needed to just like a brick. Like you, you ain't got no choice, honey. But up, you know. So a lot of things have happened to me that's really adjusted the way that I move, the way that I look at things. You know, I've had to rebuild many, many, many times. I know it very well, (laughs) Um, but I don't take it back. I don't regret it. I'm not ashamed of my story. I'm not, I don't feel bad about my story. And any, any of you who want to talk about it in in depth or go through it, feel free to reach out to me, feel free to engage with me, you know, ask me questions. You know, my email is samantha.shields001 at gmail.com. Feel free to email me your stories and let's talk about it because it's very real. Um, especially when you're in the midst of things and you can't see the light, you don't understand why it's happening and what you're supposed to get out of it. It's very disencouraging. Um, especially when you don't know yourself and you don't know what this means for you and what you're capable of, you feel very lost. You know, it's very real, the feelings that you feel and the things that it does to you. It's not a joke. It's not something that you can take lightly. There's certain things you can brush off, but if you're not prepared or you're not aware of the value in what you're going through, it can be like life or death, or it can even be to the point where you become homeless or you become demotivated. You, you, you know, you go off the beaten path because you're like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not dealing with this. I give up. I give up. And I've quote unquote given up so many times. 
but yet here I still stand. And if I can rub some of that off on you, or if I can, you know, put you in a better mind frame where you feel that I'm going to level up because of this and I'm just going to go along for the ride, I'm so down. Just let me know. Shoot, just, just you know, email me, write me on Instagram. <clears throat> Trust me, I'm still checking in from time to time because I have to for work. But um, please do that because it's, it's very useful and it's very hard to go through these things, especially alone. And a lot of it, I was alone. I didn't have anybody. My dream team, you know, gave me flutters from time to time. And they really were there for me at times that I didn't know I needed them. And I want to be very clear that when someone is a support system, that doesn't necessarily mean you're out of commission for three months. They're talking to you every single day. It may be on your low, may, it may mean that on your lowest day out of the three months, they were the person that lifted you up. They were the thought in your mind that you made you give them a call that changed the direction in which you were feeling about whatever you were feeling. So it can take on so many different ways and so many different you know avenues. So I think it's important for people to reach out. It's important for people to make it known, do their best to you know stay on top of these things and be aware that you're not alone. You're not the only one. It's probably not going to be your last time. I live in constant or somewhat constant fear of like, if I do a misstep, knowing what I know now, the consequences of me, you know, quote unquote, failing or falling or being in a situation that I don't want to be in are very real. And I do my best to make the best decisions that I can possible to avoid that outcome. Because the only person I can blame it on is myself. And I am not going to do that. (laughs) So I'm going to do whatever I can in that moment to seek out the best resources, push myself a little bit harder, have faith when there is none, you know, talk to God. And I have to, I have to admit, I haven't been talking to him lately. I've been stressing, but I haven't been talking to him. So I'm going to have to, you know, catch up on that. But I know through and through, I'm going to make it through. And I have, you know, up at this point, by the grace of God, it's only his, you know, doing behind everything. But I've been through some ugly times, sometimes of uncertainty and happiness. I mean, my car that I had previously um, to me going out and, and getting a line of credit to be able to have you know, my first finance car broke down on me all the time. Listen, it is one thing to drive a car that you're not familiar with. So my first car was a stick ship. Never knew how to drive stick ship, but it was given to me by my dad. And I was determined to figure it out. I can drive stick ship now, but I mean, it broke down on me so many times in so many different places, overheated on me. The, the, the alternator gave out <laughs> the gears. Like, listen, honey, I don't listen. Okay. I didn't got flats and the worst possible places, you know, being sketchy or being way in the middle of, I barely have any service to call someone. Oh God. Like he was really covering me the whole time. Cause there's no way I could have, you know, gotten myself out of those situations had I not had some sort of sense. Um, but overall, I mean, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't change anything, anything at all, but I know that in the midst of things, it felt like here goes another hit. Here goes another nasty, ugly time. Um, relationships that just didn't work out that broke your heart or, you know, knocked you the wind out of you. You know, the relationships that you're like, I did way too much. I tried way too hard. Or why didn't I see this coming? 
you know, I thought I was going to be with somebody forever. I thought that I didn't, I was set. I didn't have to worry about nothing for the rest of my life. I found me minds and we're going to be good and it's going to work out and blah, blah, blah. No matter what, thick and thin, here we come. And it was like, no, no, ma'am. Life was like, no, girl. Mm-mm. Nope, you got too comfortable, boo. Let me take this from you. So, you know, you name it, I probably have experienced it, dealt with it, but I'm not ashamed of it because, again, it's something that I needed at that time to put me back on the path where I'm destined to be. And that's a big part of why I want to be a life coach and why I can't wait to have my conversations with my future clients and tell them about the thickness of my story or the thinness of my story at certain times and just how many things that I've been through. Um, It's probably a lot more, but it's not coming to mind right now. But I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode and, you know, really thought to yourselves, deeply about the things that have made you who you are and how valuable those things are and continue to overcome. And for those of you who need additional help, because we all do at a certain point, please don't be afraid to seek it. Please don't um, not use your resources and just get yourself in a better place because it makes a world of a difference when overcoming adversity and things that you cannot change you know, get you around some people who support you, some people who love you unconditionally, who want the best for you. Pray, put your hands in his hands and really just allow him to do the work and sit back and enjoy the ride because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Um, and it never stops. It never stops. Once you get used to the fact that, hey, this is probably going to be something that's going to be unpredictable, you know, sometimes out of pocket, out of line, um, just bigger and grander than I can ever imagine if I let it. And if I stand up for myself in that regard, it will be, it certainly will be. You just have to embrace it and you just have to truly, you know, look forward to that, that piece of life happening and and not give up and tap into your resiliency because it's so worth it in the end. Those moments are so sweet and unpredictable and memorable that it makes a life worth living. Trust me, it really, really does. And through the depression and through the uncertainty and through the missteps and the bad decisions with people, with you know businesses and choices and everything under the sun, I've been able to survive and I've been able to have a life that I couldn't have dreamed of myself. You know, I'm still working through that. Doesn't mean that I'm not still dealing with challenges right now. Because yes, your girl is a Mercury retrograde is very much live in effect and I'm feeling the effects of it right now and I'm not excited about it, but I'm so aware that it exists and it's real and it's here for a reason that I'm not fighting it. And that's the difference. Thank you guys for listening. I look forward to talking to you in my next episode.